In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Stand by for a start. Locked away. Gates are back and they're racing. You might be mistaken for thinking this is uh, a bluebird ad, but it's not. We wanted to, uh, so far we've spoken to a few experts in the game about how to buy a Group 1 horse and what to look for, but this is a different facet of the industry. I mean, there's so many different facets to this industry, it's not funny. And uh, I wanted to talk to a gentleman called Brett Chisholm, who, in my view, has one of the best jobs in the world, one of the best lifestyles in the world, especially for the rich and famous. But also, it's just another side of the industry that people don't know, but it's not that hard to get into. And uh, I, I want to welcome Brett Chisholm. Brett, thanks for coming on the show. No worries, Wade. Chiz, as I affectionately know you. Everyone um, else does. Mate, you're... you're, um, you're your journey into the uh, into the racing game was a was a longer one than sort of most, but again, for our listeners and probably the younger age listeners, um, you're affiliate manager for for Bluebet, am I right? Oh, BDM for Bluebet. B- business development manager. Let's um, okay. Let's get more professional about this then. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and we look at uh, I look at your role and I see your lifestyle and, and I mean if I was 25, I'd be saying, "Geez, give me give me that job." Um, Obviously, bookmakers in this game make our industry work. Uh, yeah, let's be honest. I mean, the owner might be there, but without the bookmakers' um, uh, return on investment, so forth, tax or whatever it's called, uh, the, the, there'll be no prize money. Well, um, you can see where prize money's gone at the moment. It's gone through the roof. And the reason that is is turnover tax and point of consumption tax. And, um, yeah, so, you know, they're racing for 20K for a maiden out of Tamworth. That's it, and, and that's not where the Group One winners are. So, no. <laughs> let's um, let's start from your journey. I mean, t- talk us through sort of how you started before you got into Bluebet and, and the racing game. But um, you know, you're in a different line of work, which a lot of our listeners are. Yeah, and they're um, inter- sorry, and they're interested in getting involved in racing. So this is a, a, a genuine, real story. Well, look, I grew up in the eastern suburbs. Everyone was into racing. The standard Saturday was. Uh, Get picking up the pieces from Friday night and heading down the sheaf uh, with your best bets and having a punt with your mates. Um, I don't think much has changed. More people, um, they're usually on the app now. You don't have to get off of your ass and run to the tab terminal or um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to move. It's all uh, app-driven, which is great. Um, yeah, so I came from a banking and finance background, um, then fell into recruitment like most people, had a recruitment company for about 10 years. Uh, and where was that? Was that, that was based in Sydney and we yeah. had an office in Parramatta and specialised in IT and banking and finance. And we all had a really strong network and we were, our company was really successful. Um, then the GFC came and that was the end of that. Yeah, so, right. Um, I was doing both at the time. Um, uh, and Duncan McRae, who um, I've known all my life, one of the great people you'll ever meet, um, pulled me into said mate what are your thoughts on this um and i said well i can do both and see what happens so dunk said it would be like you know one day a week job yeah it turned into about nine days a week nine days or nine <laughs> nights none <laughs> nine days and uh we launched uh blue bet um 
and uh, my role was to get clients on. Simple, simple as that. And back then, you could call anyone and just present a present a, a deal to them. Like if you yeah. sign up, you get a one for one. Uh, There's no inducement laws back then, um, so that's how we built the business. And Dunks and I sat in a room and called a lot of people. Yeah, right. So um, yeah, mo- we called most punters in Australia. So, yeah, right. How do you that, get access to that kind of database? Because obviously that, that database is probably the uh, the most, um, <laughs> I suppose, exclusive database in the oh, world. But back then, how did it all happen? I can't remember that part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the amount of abuse we got was we were calling people. Imagine calling people these days. You'd get through to no one. So, yeah. you know, people were asking how we got their details and stuff like that. And we said, mate, that's, that's, I think I used to say it was 2000. 16 or 2015 you can get Malcolm Turnbull's details if you need them so <laughs> and obviously a lot of people say I've already got an account I said well what's the difference you got five what's the difference you got six yep. so look it's a very saturated and competitive space even back then yep. and looking at what the market's doing at the moment uh, there's all these small bookies popping up everywhere which is great competition's healthy so um, you've got you know if you want to get a bet on, you've got various options and yes. to get set and various promos. Yep. Um, just look at what uh, Betar did over the carnival. Mm. Some of the greatest promotions you'll ever see and you probably won't see that again. Yeah, okay. But uh, they came into the marketplace and um, really shake the cage. Um, so, yeah, which which was which is good for the industry, but the reality is it turned all our clients into pigs. Okay. Yeah, they yeah. wanted what Ben are offering. Yeah, so, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. And look, we're not in that. We're not. We're not a startup. We've really got a. You know, we've got thousands of clients. So um, once you've got a client, you can market to them. So you know, uh, they were they a little bit disruptive. But you, you've got a guy called Matt Tripp, who's one of the greats of the industry, and everything he touches turns to gold. So they achieved what they wanted. They got every client who <laughs> saw those promos. Yeah. Hopefully Penrith and uh, Geelong get up. I'll be happy. Um, so they've got everyone's details there. You know, and like I said, the Matt Trip is you know genius in the space, and the way everything he touches turns into gold. So I don't expect Ben to be vanishing soon. That's yep. for sure. So, well, a young Brett, let's say, as a young guy that's uh, looking to get into the game uh, and not into the racing so, so much side and, and the bloodstock side and, and buying horses or in the farms. How does a young guy get involved with, say, come to like Bluebet? You know, do they be get on the phones first, or what, what's the go? And, and how does the industry work that way, um, in in terms of just getting getting more, say, staff on board? Because I mean, that's realistically how you're going to generate more people betting, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, towards the back end of my recruitment career, I um, did recruit for a few BDMs. I think the company was Sporting Bet back then, and um, you'd throw an ad up on Seek. <coughs> Mate, you get bombarded. Yeah, you know, okay. You, you get 200 CVs and they're all good. Yes. Unlike if you put up a job for an account, you'd get 200 CVs and there'd be three that were good. Yeah, so, okay, yep, yep. Um, I mean, look, barriers of entry are zero. You know, as simple as that. Yep. That's why I've been so successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's... Um, Look, you need a strong network, you need some balls, you need to be able to talk to people in a bar, yep. um, you need to recognise who's um, the major industry players are. Yep. For instance, like we were up at Magic Millions and we went to dinner with some racing people and I sat next to a bloke and asked him what he did. He says, oh, I'm a horse trainer. I said, do you train anyone good? He said, yeah, yeah Melbourne Cup winner. It was Darren <laughs> Weir. <laughs> the boys still give me a bit of stick about that. But, um, 
Yeah, so look, you know, you need a bit of confidence. And we've got a young kid who works for us now, Jack McLaughlin. He's, we, Dunks has really, really trained him up and groomed him, whatever you want. Probably groomed the wrong word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, Dunks has really, <clears throat> he's showed me the trade and Dunks has been doing it for 20 years. So, um, look, what we do is not stem cell research, but there's a service that needs to be provided yes. and you need to identify if someone's full of shit or not. Um, and, you know, someone's <clears throat> betting for someone else. Those yeah. days don't really go on anymore. But, they call um, that a bowler. Yeah, so bowler. Talk, talk us what a bowler is. I mean, in, in a oh, more in-depth Yeah, well, back when before minimum bet laws, like the pro punters would set up various accounts and just, you know, anyone betting at 9 o'clock in the morning, taking fixed odds at $6 and they're jumping at $3. Yeah. Not the type of business you're looking for, <laughs> especially when they keep fucking winning. <laughs> so uh, those days are pretty much gone. But, oh, I mean, all the big boys, um, they, 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 they're they set, they're set to win 2,000 at a Metro yep. meeting at 1,000. There's enough bookies now that they've got enough to get so, set. Yeah. So they don't need a bowl anymore they as don't much. Need, they don't really need a bowler anymore. But occasionally, you know, if they get a good promo, they'll hand a count over to a bowler and or yep. a pro punter and he'll yep. turn it into something, usually. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into nitty-gritty of it. I mean, you would have seen a lot of wins and losses in uh, in your days. What would be, say, one of the biggest losses you've ever seen in a day by one person? Oh, man. <clears throat> oh, there was a guy who won, I don't know, maybe 200 yeah. betting on anything. Like he was, yeah. a pro, he was just off the screens, right? Um, he won on Friday, Friday night, or Friday anyway. He was just on a heater. Like we've yep. all been there, where we everything we touch wins, yeah. <laughs> and it was his day. And you know, he was and like there's there's two types of punter. There's a punter that just bets the same fifty dollars each race, and I, I would classify myself as that punter. And then you got guys who like betting with the house's money. So if they have an early win. Say their first bet was five hundred. The next bet would be thousand. Next yes. bet could be ten. Like they could be betting thirty thousand by the end wow, of the day, wow. and they've only put in a couple of grand or five hundred bucks, and they've just bet up. And mate, every everyone can win. Yeah. You know, the, what do they say? Even the blind squirrel can find a nut. Yeah. So <laughs> the reality is, like, if and a lot of big punters who like to bet up usually they're usually favourites or you know they're the ones if you have a, have a run of favourites and they're just backing favourites which we've all seen happens where favourites just keep winning you know if they're on that every race you know it's going to be a fat day for them not so much for the bookie um, and then so anyway this guy's he's won a stack and he knocked it all off on the Saturday before the first race. Before the first race. He found New Zealand early. Um, <laughs> a beautiful place, New Zealand. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was, you just, you know, you, there's, there's a loss of respect for money, I guess, because it's, yep. just, it's just on paper, really. Um, was that back in the credit days? Or was that sort of uh, more when a bloke put in money? And, no, no, uh, no that, was, that would have been cash in back then. Cash in, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, he won it the night before. So, yeah. so he dusted it the no, next but, day. No, but what I'm saying is that when he when he was winning, when he when he won, would, would have he been a cash in punter at the start or would he be oh, a more credit well, better? Probably back then we would have, you know, you would have had a credit facility, but it wouldn't have yeah. been, might have been five. Yeah, you know of course, I mean? yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, so yeah, that's um, not five dollars, is it, Chiz? No, five kilo yeah. or five, like five, five grand. So um, yeah, so uh, that was that was um, that was like it's, yeah. I mean, it was pretty it was pretty surreal. Yeah, right. Like, because 
we're expecting this guy to keep going. Yeah, and, of course, and yeah. probably have another fat day because yep. we looked at the fields and all the favourites that day looked pretty good. Yep. Mate, we've got to let him on. Yeah, you know? yeah of so, course. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when do you stop? When do you actually say, mate, you're not on? I mean, if he looks oh. like a... I get told patterns and percentages and so forth. When does the guy get stopped mate, or a lady? Yeah. Um, look, it's very... Look, look, if he's betting race to race at the jump, yeah. like, it's pretty hard to get cut off. And yeah, If you, okay, if you right do on. get cut off, it's it's pretty ordinary. Yes, okay, yep. Um, especially if, say, he's peeing off, is like, just say, argument's sake, 50 grand, he's down 50 over a lifetime being client with... Us, you know, would probably give him the opportunity, and I think it's only fair yep. to give him a chance to win that money back. Yes. Um, but answer your question, look, if he's having two bets a day and uh, he's just using the boost, yeah, there's a funny term we call it, a boost abuse. A boost abuse. <laughs> That's one of their marketing <laughs> terms or one of the traders, so we don't really get involved much in that. But yep. um, if he's just coming and having two bets a day um, or one bet a day or one bet a week, yeah. They're the guys that are hard to beat because yeah, okay, you know right. they're not going to get off, off off the bit. Well, you know, when I say off the bit, I mean back on the punt and just betting off the screens in yes. every race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if a guy's betting at the jump and taking best odds, best total, even if you're taking fixed odds at the jump, yeah. you know, there's not much difference. Um, yeah, I mean, it's you pretty hard. It's pretty hard to cut him off because you go, mate. He's, he hasn't missed a race for, yeah. for an hour. <laughs> so, he's gonna, um, he's gonna on a Saturday, eventually. that could be anything. Yeah, it, of course, it, it could, yeah. You could have 20 races in that hour, you know, in an hour and a half. So, yeah, I mean, look, you've seen it, and, you, and like, you look at some clients and go, how is this guy winning? Yeah, like, of course, yeah. And, like, it does your head in. You go, mate, I don't know how this guy's winning. He hasn't missed a race. We had a guy who didn't miss a race Friday to Sunday. Right? Oh, wow. And, um... He lost a hundred, and I think he cost us one hundred and twenty in taxes. Did he really? Yeah, and that's what the—that's what the people don't realise—the taxes. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, you, put, you can't cry poor being a bookie. I understand that, but the reality is, the taxes in this industry are, are fucking phenomenal. Really, yeah. you got you got turnover tax, you got GST, you got point of consumption, and like state governments um, are just sick for gaming taxes. You know, um, New South Wales increased their point of consumption tax a couple of months ago from I think it was 10% to 15% so that's a 50% increase there was no consultation um, yeah they just keep going back to the well the well's the well's not empty but if they keep going back to the same thing you, you know you, the bookies are the ones who are basically floating this industry and, say, and the yeah. punters yep. and obviously the bookies running a business got to pass those costs on to the punters yes. so at the end of the day all these taxes get passed on to the punter and like, you look at the point of consumption tax in Queensland, you know, it's just offensive. Yeah, you know? I, was like, say, yeah. Like you, you take, I was about to bring that up. So, this, yeah. there's a couple of things happening at the moment in that yeah. field. In that, yep. Talk us through that sort of uh, putting, say, Queensland racing on the back burner in terms of where they promote it. Is that what Bluebet's about or well, no, it's not about? Uh, but, I mean, no, no, doing well, or? we're not doing it. But uh, there's a couple of other big, big joints that are doing it. And, you know, I mean, you li- the fact that you live, say, in, in Burley in Tweed Heads. Yep. You're going to get a different, different promo because. Are you really? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because the state government in well, almost New South Wales trying to catch up to Queensland. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, I think the point of consumption in Queensland is eighteen percent. Yeah. Right. You know, and I think they charge on on bonus bits as well. So you put a thousand on a Saturday, and I give you you put a thousand weight, I will give you five hundred free bets. Yep. 
you're 18%, you lost us that, turnover tax, then you've got GST, then you've got 18%, but I think the Queensland government charge 18% on the 1500 Yeah, right. So, and if you win, well, that's not good for anyone. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're really fucked there. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not saying we don't market to Queensland, but, you know... Um, if I was a Queensland resident, yes, and I had five accounts, I would I would notice the drop off. That's all I'm saying. Yep. So drop off on promos and stuff like that. You know, it's hard to win. So you know, all these promos and free bets help. Yeah, of you course. Know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, when I grew up, no one knew what a fucking free bet was. No, no. So <laughs> I need all the help I can get now, let alone back then. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, look, the government. They're pigs in the trough. There's, there's no other way to describe it. Um, <laughs> they see an industry here where they can gouge. Yeah, and they've been doing that with the poker machines. You know, it's just, you know, they see gaming taxes. And there's no there's no um, real lobby group against it because they're book, we're bookies. Yeah, of so course. Like, yeah, you yeah, hate it. yeah, exactly. And I get that. I get it. You know. Um, the but, house always wins, mate. Yeah, the house always Look, overall, yeah, it should. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> You know, um, but you got these governments just filling their boots, really. Yeah, of course. And it's yep. offensive, really. Yep. <clears throat> so going. Um, so let's get back to the start of this blue bet when they, when Duncan and and uh, Michael O'Sullivan were sort of the the pioneers, or obviously. Yeah. Let's. Um, they've made a, I would say, a massive hoo ha into the game, but then listing it. Um, talk us through that sort of phase and uh, and obviously what that did to um, blue bet and their name and, and going further. Um, well, Solo, Solo's like Trip. You know, he's a genius in the space. Yeah, he's got a brand. He's a fair man, and you know, not many people say a bad word about Solo because yep. um, you know, which is pretty rare for a bookie. So um, <laughs> you know, and he's he's smart. Like he's a smart man. Um, he surrounds himself with the right people. Yep. And you look at our core staff at the start. We had probably the best traders in the country, in my opinion. Yes. Um, and Solo had surrounded himself with the guys who we thought were the best. And and so then we had an IT team of one person. It was, well, we had two, one and a half. And then we had Dunks and I. We had a customer service team, which was one person. <laughs> and we had a compliance team, which was one person. Yeah. And it's not the same person, Well, is it? it is, it is. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, look, we started on a track in oh, – we, we had a lunch firsthand. We got, I got, first time I met – I met Sally a couple of times, but he probably wouldn't have remembered. But yep. Doug's brought me into the fold and, you know, vouched for me and said, this is what we're doing. And this was the plan all along. And, um, gee, at times I didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah, um, of course, yeah. yeah. Because yep. like, it was, like, tough times at the start. Like, we had months and quarters where we didn't get a check because – and I said to Sol, I said, mate, what's going on Saturdays? We, we just keep getting hammered on Saturdays. He goes, Jeez, like, Saturdays used to be the fill-up. Yeah. There was about a 12-month period where the favourites won the last couple of races at Randwick. And, um, yeah. And it was really just park. Like, yeah. yeah. Really park-like. Well, that's where they, after we got cleaned up in Sydney, we moved across to WA. And Pikey, fair dinkum. He's a, he like, when, when he came to here, I was, I was a bit sceptical. He's a decent rider. He just gets the best horse and dough. He's a fucking good rider. Yeah, of so, course. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was good to see him come here because to get out stakes in WA is a lot harder now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, look, and the journey, like, we started, like, we had a New South Wales licence and that had to be on track at Randwick. Um, so we had the old foreman's house that we turned into 
a office slash trading room. Yeah, right. Um, we had Cormac. He was he was one of the traders. Um, he was Salo's son. We had Billy Richmond, who's now our CEO, and we had we had Coogs, who was a good trader. We had uh, Kiwi, who was another good trader, and that was pretty much it. Am I forgetting anyone? Uh, Dangerous Dave. Married, married to Salo's daughter. It's good shopping there. Um, so, yeah, no, it was a really. It was. I was up. So, what am I now? I'm nearly fifty. So that was ten years ago. You look a fine wine, yeah. Geez, your age, yeah. Well. Oh fuck! <laughs> I feel like a bus is hitting. I've had gout, COVID, you know. But um, is this all blue bet related? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, because I'm on comp at the moment. <laughs> um, so we had a really good team, and and that was exciting. Because I, I was in a bit of a, a route, but then we had this young team, and you go into this office where you park your car at the thousand meter mark at Railway. There'd be horses walking past, going to the the walking machine yeah. or the pool thing. You know, there'd be it was a beautiful aspect. You know, even like even when it rained, we had running water in the office. It just yeah. come straight on the computer. <laughs> so I said to Dunks, "Mate, are the trees are going to fall on me here. I'm going to die. I'm going to get electrocuted." <laughs> so like it was a very very humble beginning. Yeah, and. Um, you know, it was, it was character building. Um, me coming into the industry, I thought being a bookie was the fill up. No, 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 it was tough times. It's a big eye opener, eh? It is a big eye opener. I remember a lot of the traders say to me, Cheers, I, you just, just think everyone loses. I said, Fuck, I was a loser. <laughs> <laughs> I thought everyone was like me. So, um, yeah, so, and we watched the bets come through and stuff like that. And I still remember the day we took our first bet. That was pretty exciting. Get um, up or did it get up or did it lose? No, of course it got up. Um, <laughs> So um, yeah, I mean, look, it was it was fun. It was like it was a little shot in the arm. I lived in Ramwick, which was great because yep. uh, I just walked to work. Yeah, which in this day and age is quite rare. Um, yeah, so it was humble beginnings, and it was it was a really good team. Like Saturdays, if you worked on a Saturday, which we rarely did because we did all our stuff during the week. Sully would have a barbie going and we'd provide lunch for the team. Yeah, right. Um, good feel about it. It was a really good feel about it. And it was a, there was an atmosphere and we're all in this together. So, um, and like I said, Sully, the genius behind Sully is he's very good at what he does. Obviously, he's been doing it forever. Yep. But the, the team he surrounds himself with, you know, the best in the country. Yeah, in good. My, in my opinion. Surround yourself by good people. You yeah. You usually yeah. get results, don't you? Well, exactly. Exactly. And what about launching on the stock exchange? Talk us through that sort of Ooh. moment and what, um, when that bell rang, how was that feeling? <laughs> Um, well, look, it was it was pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, so talk us like the start, like the IPOs, and yeah. then obviously what it went off. That's yeah. this. <laughs> we're so not talking about where the share price is now, but well, let's talk about the launch. It's a fucking buy, I'll tell you that now. <laughs> um, the, the, yeah, so, like, this is right out of our pay grade, Dunks and I. So yeah. um, we're like, mate, this is actually happening. Like, we, knew, we thought it was happening, and like, Mate, Billy was Billy was enormous throughout the process. Salo was enormous. Uh, Zan is is um, our, our legal team. He was enormous. Um, so there was a lot of stuff done behind the scenes. Yeah, and you know, uh, like I said, way outside Duncan and I pay grade. But yep. you know, we'll we'll drive the bus. We'll get the clients on. We're managing our clients, and you know, there's a, like like I said, it was it was exciting. And uh, I think we went in the office for the launch and. Um, yeah, we did, and we just went to lunch afterwards. Obviously, I think it rallied up to, I think it floated a dollar twelve or dollar fourteen. That was the official price. I put put my father-in-law in, I put my brother in, put put all my mates in, right on the chairman's list, right? 
And I was a fucking hero. I was a hero for a while. Yeah. And what did it get? So dollar twelve. Then where did it get to? Oh, fuck, mate. It got me to point Piper. No, sorry. It got me. Um, <laughs> it got me to. Uh, I think it got to three dollars twenty or three thirty. And yeah, so it was pretty. I got there pretty quick. I mean, look, the, the American dream, and that's what we floated on, and it's you know, it's it's. It's America, like it's fucking the population of Australia in most states. You yes, know what of I mean? course. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that was, and look, then Solo does have a US background. He's uh, so you knew the insides he, and outsides. Well, he kind of, yeah, he yeah. lived in New York and stuff like that, and you know, um, yeah, he did spend a bit of time in the states, and yeah, so um, the Denver office was launched, and we've got licenses in I think four or five states at the moment. Yeah, okay. Obviously, trying yep. to acquire more. Um, and they're not that hard to get. There's a lot of admin. Once again, way outside my yeah, pay grade. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, um, legal team. Yeah, and, and predominantly America is probably 99% sport. So, yeah, right. Um, yeah, so we've, we've we've been taking bets in Iowa, I think, and a few other places. So we've got a team over there, a US team we had lunch with a couple of weeks ago. Um, and they're, they're loving it. Yeah, you of course. Know, that's yeah. A, you know, it's a great environment. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's, as Doug said, it's like the old days when Centibet, if yeah, any of the listeners have heard of Centibet. Or yep. Dial-a-bet. Dial-a-bet. Old days. Yeah, Dina come around to collect. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the Dollar days. And they, I think Dollar were the, um, well, they were the first ones that did Best Hope. Yeah, that would, yeah, it would have been, yeah. yeah, yeah well, I'm pretty sure. I remember. I was too young for that, but that's what I'm pretty sure. That happened, I, I think yeah. I remember Joel Davies calling me. He goes, mate, these guys are doing fucking best tote here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, everyone does best tote now. Yeah. Um, but um, I think they were anyway. So, um, yeah, so the American dream's going well. Um, share price has been reflected by. Uh, our sector was very sexy when we when we floated. Yep. Was, the money was cheap. There was no. I think interest rates was close to fucking zero. Yeah, okay. Yep, um, yep, yep. And that's why, and then I think points bet were trading at seventeen or nineteen dollars. Yeah, like that. that's why. Yeah, they did really. I think yeah. they're now two bucks. Yeah, must so, be good buy as well, is it? Or? Well, not really. <laughs> not just blue bet. <laughs> no, not, not enough on the blue bet. Well, yeah, there's a couple of brokers out there still tipping them. Um, but yeah, blue, blue bet. Are they your no, mate? not blue, not blue bet. <laughs> uh, points bet. <laughs> um, I mean, points bets. American, uh, sorry, Australian businesses. You read the annual report. It's fine. Mm. But they're a different animal to yeah, what different, different style. Was a bit. We've been making money since day one, every yep. every week. So we're we're a nice family run business that make money every week. Yep. And you know we're um, obviously gone to the American dream. We floated. You know we're I think our share price is forty cents. I think we've got forty million in the bank. Market cap of eighty five. You know, if it's not right for a takeover, I'm not here. So yeah, okay, the share price okay. at forty cents is you know, is uh, yeah, definitely yeah, worthwhile. You know, if we fold it up now, we'd probably you'd probably make fifty cents. You know, yeah, what I mean? right, I know. yep, yep. But um, we're going for we're so privileged, we're privileged on that one. We've so. got a couple more questions to go. Yeah. A day to day, week to week life of a, a BDM at Bluebet. Hectic. One, <laughs> one word: hectic. <laughs> Flat out. Um, how do you look after the clients? And even if they're winning or losing, how do you sort of, you know, take guys like, we're going for a game of golf. I'm not a client. Yeah. Um, Blue Bear, but we've got some other people that might be coming. But you, as uh, as, as a head of it and being groomed by dunks and so forth, yeah. how did you sort of, you know, week to week help these guys out to get on board? Um, so, look, I mean, obviously, if I'm out and about, you know, I'm usually at a lot of events. Yeah. Sport sport events, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's not much we can't bet on in Australia, let's be honest. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, a lot of people ask what you do. I work at Bluebet. You know, what do you do? I said, oh, man, BDM. Do you yep. like a punt? It's not yep. that hard. And, you know, and I'd get a new client on and then send him a promo. Like The day and I, the days when Dunks and I used to text people the promo. Yes. Like, that's probably why I hit a few shanks on the driving range yesterday. <laughs> I've got RSI. But um, <laughs> the, now it's all uh, just different type of technology where we run a report and say this is what they're getting and the computer just does it so but i mean you've got your your vips who are sometimes difficult or fickle and they might want something different that's outside what the promo is promo is and look you know everything's a case by case base yep um occasionally you might get a client trying to cancel a bet (laughs) mid-race or after the race yeah So, uh, yeah, I mean, Saturday's Saturday's our big day where you've got to be on deck in case something like that happens, and I'm traditionally doing that. Um, Monday is you go through the clients, what happened on the weekend. Tuesday is usually golf and lunch. Um, Wednesday, kind of back into it. Wednesday's race day. Uh, Thursday, work out what we're doing for the promo, and then Friday the promo goes out. And then, then you got well, I can see, the, I can the, the old days. They fucking you got racing on Friday, right? Yeah, Friday yeah, the primo goes yeah. out. So sometimes the client might come back to you and see what else we've got for them yeah. if they've done their chocolates. But like the Friday racing is almost as big as Saturday racing. Yeah, especially I Friday mean, night. The turnover, Friday night, yeah, yeah, it's for yeah, having half a beer, whatever. Yeah, well, you're at the pub with the boys, you, especially the footies on. You know, you can yeah. you, you can ride the you know, it's like it's a paradise. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So, I remember growing up, and there wasn't much night racing at all, really. But now Howard Park, HP, HP. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, like Friday, Sunday's a big day. Like, you just look at how many meetings are on a Sunday. And I know. Like, we go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There might be, it could be 100 meetings over the, what's that, 33 meetings? There's probably not 100, but. Well, you got the international as well. well you, you got Hong got Kong, it, well, Singapore, exactly. whatever. You, you know, you got you get the Korean set. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just insane. Like, so that that's obviously where the hectic comes in. I can see it's a, it's yeah. a very like that Tuesday must feel like gold to you that, yeah, that golf well, day. Yeah, Monday's the day of rest as well, kind of like, <laughs> day and loo, yeah, day and loo, day and loo. So you, but you, you know, in this job, you're on call twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, like, I get it. But um, that's it. That's actually to be fair. That's in the blood sock side. That's the training correct. side. Every, every part I, of it. I think it's life in general these days. If yeah. you if you want to be in a client facing role, even though you're not facing clients, you, the clients need to get hold of you when they can, and punters especially. They don't give a fuck what time it is. <laughs> no, exactly. Hundred <laughs> percent. They they work on a different clock. So, yeah. The next one, obviously, last one. You've got a young boy, young girl, yep. wanting to get into the game of the bookmaking game. I actually met two ladies the other day. Their, their daughters are bookmakers, and uh, I thought they would have been scared to get involved, but they uh, they actually embraced it. They said that they love it. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to them, and what do you reckon the best way of getting involved is? Um, best way to get involved? Um, well, pick up the you, phone? You, well, you got to have a passion for racing. Yep. You know, like, you know, you got to be into your horses. That helps. Yep. Like, I, I always tell Mike is I want you to do something that you love. Yes. Because I don't always love this job. I didn't always like. Not many people like the job. Let's be yep. honest. But you know, you, somehow you fall into something. Got to do something. Yes. But the reality is, you know, um, you don't always get what you want. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, look, 
racing doors doors can be opened yeah you know and it's a very if you we well, i don't have to tell you how incestuous racing is look at yep. look, look at who marries who in the racing yep, industry yeah yep. and they they don't work they got a different work schedule you know and they don't socialize as much as they used to so mm. you know you got racing on 24 7 basically you got track work so um to get into the bookmaking space um I'd probably just try and tag into a, a corporate yep. or the tab. The tab tab always hiring, you know, um, and just try and just work out if this is for you and then work out what you want to do. You want to go and set up your own shop or you want to go and do this, um, you know. Um, there's various parts of it Parts of it you can get involved in. Like you, you're, you're in Singapore and now you're, you're a bloodstock agent, you know yep. what I mean? And, you know, your old man was a trainer or yeah, yeah, that was trying. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's how you fell into it. I fell into it that way. I was, yeah. I was involved. I've been involved twenty years. Yeah, now. exactly. So, yeah. but it was yeah. In a sense, um, my journey started because um, footy finished, and I and I had to do something. So mm. racing was the next one because yeah. that's the only thing I loved. So yeah, yeah, yeah. true. It's very. It's, and look, if you get to do something you love, or even if you get to do something you like, seventy percent of the time, yeah. that's <laughs> pretty good odds. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And you know, um, look, it can be quite lucrative. Um, it can be quite emotional. Uh, Duncan's emotions are pretty flat. Mine are quite the opposite. Yep. Um, where sometimes you're riding, riding a lot. Um, the wife, the wife sees some of that. She's not too happy with some of the language. And I get banished <laughs> to the office uh, at home. Yeah. So, but look, racing's on every day. So, yep. you know, you pick up the pieces and go again the next day. So that's it. Yeah. Well, cheers, mate. Thanks so much for uh, <laughs> no thanks so much for that, mate. It's, uh, look, it's a great insight into a game that obviously people please get probably, responsibly. As yeah, well. of course <laughs> we've got to get on the, but it's a great insight of a game that so many people don't know about. So, mm. tell us that journey, mate. It's uh, yeah, mate, I loved it. It's a great conversation to have. Yeah. I look forward to the golf game later. Yep. And uh, oh, look, Wade goes uh, all right on the golf course. So I'll be hoping to get partnered up with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, my handicap reached at seventeen, so we're oh, so oh, hope. fucking up to our eyeballs. <laughs> look, guys, uh, that's it for the at the track with the Osha this week. If you like the show, hit subscribe or follow wherever you listen. Thanks to Chiz, uh, Brett Chisholm, for sharing his wisdom with us. If you'd like to get in contact, find out more about horse ownership, find me through theoshergroup.com. We'll be back soon for more great guests. So I'll see you then. Cheers, guys. Thanks so much. This podcast was made by Afternoon Sport Group. The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one-stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters. Build fast sports multis and play same game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian owned. The only betting app you need this summer is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly. Afternoon sports. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com.